0: Hi and welcome to Kids Yoga Matters with me Maria Jones. In this podcast we talk about all the reasons why Kids Yoga Matters. So let's begin. So welcome Sam. We are live for Kids Yoga Matters live. Today's subject is about trainings online. We speak about about the booming yoga practices that you can find and the yoga teacher trainings that you can find online at the moment, which for me... As a student has been a blessing because I live in Berlin and of course I can't just nip down the road to London to do my teacher trainings. So a trip to London would be, I don't know, two, 300 pounds in flights plus accommodation for the days you're there. So it adds up really, really quickly. So for me to be able to do certain trainings online and to be able to access yoga like that has been incredible. And I hope that people see that as well. So we're talking about the benefits of teacher trainings online of course there are challenges as well I don't want to say negatives because it's never a negative it's just the challenge that we need to work around
1: so welcome Sam thank you so much for coming online tell me a little bit about you Maria thank you so much um, for inviting me and for setting up these podcasts actually just creating that that yoga community so thank you very much for that I feel very blessed and honoured for, for coming on. So a little bit about myself. I actually wrote some notes, but I'm going to try and just speak through my heart and my soul. But I, I had to write notes because I've done so much that, you know, I get excited. and I want to share it all. So my yoga journey started in 1993. I was about 21-ish, and I just finished my psychology degree. And I got introduced um, to yoga by a friend called Donna, who she was absolutely brilliant. But when they talked about meditation and yoga, they would talk about all this sort of things that would happen to you and all this spiritual stuff. And and I was very much thinking, what are you talking about? I don't understand this stuff. And I was very open-minded and I wanted to explore. So I did meditation and yoga with her. I mean, it really set, that light inside me for knowing that there was something more than, you know, just going to school, learning and then getting a job. I went into teaching because then I thought, right, I really do need to get a career and earn money. So I I became a primary school teacher after working with children for a number of years. Actually, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought I better work with children first and find out if I enjoy it before I become a teacher, which I did. I absolutely loved it. So I became a primary school teacher, and I was still doing my weekly classes. I didn't practice at home, so I didn't have my own practice. And then I had my first child, and I did pregnancy yoga, and I did baby yoga, and I was all in a very good place, very mother earth and kind of all natural. And then my second child came along, I got pregnant eight months later, so there was a year and a half between them. And Suddenly I just stopped. I just stopped everything, actually. I just was so busy being a mum. I stopped my, my practice. I think I didn't really look after myself. And things got really tough. So having two children close together, e and a half part, if if anyone can relate to that experience, it's really hard. I think for me, I looking back, I lost myself a little bit as a person. But not only did I have two children close together, I also had a husband who had mental health problems. Things got very difficult. He tried to take his life several times. I was in a really hard place. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to support him. I didn't know quite how. There wasn't the access as there is now. You're talking 11 years ago. So I remember my friend Jill coming back from India and she'd done shivananda yoga she was a shivananda yoga teacher and she got a few of us together girlfriends together was sort of I think three or four of us and I remember lying in shavasana and I just literally I remember Craig Prius sacred playing and I felt all of this tension and stress all just literally melting off my body. I felt like I was floating and I thought you know where where have I been in these sort of 5 6 years of not practicing and having that connection to something bigger, looking after my body, having that me time and something changed in me. I just thought right I I have to do this. I have to share this. If I feel like this after one class, I have to share this. I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't. It was quite a a big awakening for me, actually. I started training in 2000. So this was in 2012. And then I started training. I did baby yoga, children's yoga. I started my Hatha 200-hour training. And then then many things happened. And I just felt like I was in flow with life. So I, I, I didn't teach But I didn't worry about where the money was coming from. It wasn't easy, I will say. I knew I had to do it. Then, unfortunately, in 2014, my husband did take his life. So that has been a very hard experience to go through. But I can talk about it now. six years ago. I, I think it's very important people share these experiences and talk about them and make them not normalized as such, because they are very hard things to go through, but to make it okay to talk and to help people realize that they need to get that support. Also, the people looking after the people who have mental illness to get support as well, because it's it's a really hard thing to go through. I went on this journey. I started working with teens, did my teen training, and I got funding through Energize Me and helps teen girls particularly to become more active and fit and move their bodies. That was just absolutely fantastic. I remember doing a presentation to 250 teenagers which was very nerve wracking. I got my friend to kind of do some sun salutations on the stage as I was talking and just to kind of draw them in. And then we did like a little bit of a meditation. And from that, I got a a couple of classes, which was which just brilliant. And in 2017, I started working with another company producing children's yoga videos for schools with the green screens i invited some of the children that i worked with in schools we filmed it and edited it and it's going to young carers which means a lot to me i think it's going to the right place and i'm glad i waited three years for that then i started training teachers i was featured on BBC South Today and invited... What got you
0: into training teachers, leading into teacher trainings? Because for me, when I put a little course online, like the yoga in the classroom, it was something that kind of happened because the school teachers asked for yoga for them. I guess they wanted to cut me out and that's okay. There is not enough money to go around in a school. So that's absolutely fine if I can be of service to them in that way. And of course I cannot be in every place at all time. For me, if I train 10 people, each person can affect another 10 or Mm -hmm. however many. So my impact is multiplied into the world and that's how I thought of it. I would be doing a misservice if I didn't create that gift and pass it on. It takes time to refine the messaging, but that you are trying to put across to those people. But it worked out really good. So, what made you uh, think that it was a good idea to go down that route, that teacher training route?
1: Oh, actually, very similar because I started teaching schools to teach yoga. And again, for that reason, because I can't teach in every school, I'm already full time. And also I have other children's yoga teachers in the area who go into the schools that I work with. So I do some classes and then they do some some classes too. So we reach quite a wide range of children, which is great. And right from the beginning, I was very adamant about yoga being in the curriculum because being a primary school teacher, seeing those children that actually really need it. You're not going to get those at an after-school club. So you really do need to teach it in the curriculum so all children access these essential tools. And going back to my experiences, I think if I can teach those tools to children and have that impact at a young age, even if they don't follow the journey and keep their practice going... They might in their 20s, 30s, 40s, when things get really tough and life does get tough, then they will have those tools to access. And if I can prevent one person from taking their life, from doing the work I do, then it's the most incredible um, gift to have.
0: But that's it. And what you find is that the stress in the schools keeps building up as they get older. And you find actually a massive shift, maybe, say, from lower six to lower seven, when they are almost preparing them from upper school and, you know, talking about primary schools and the homework piles up and they don't know what to do. Uh, And in order for us to be say organized that's only an example we need to not feel overwhelmed about what is given to us overwhelm can be a very big block or actually a very big boost to stress block for doing things and boost to stress so yeah. and that's you know what yoga does it removes that overwhelm for the children and they can put their ducks in a row and continue with their work because yes a lot more is asked of them And they need to be organized, but they don't need to fret about it because it is actually
1: not that important. Yeah, actually, my mum always used to say, you know, when stress, like stressful exams came along and I'd be worrying, she'd say, look, you can only do your best, your best, just put your best into it. And it goes along with the philosophy of yoga of having non-attachment to the outcome. So we put all of our soul into what we do, all of our best. We learn. It doesn't mean that we don't care if we are not attached to the outcome. We still put it all in and then you do your best and then let go of the result, let go of the outcome. And that's that's. A very long learning process, that that is probably quite hard for some children to grasp. But within those nuggets of of yoga philosophy, we can embed those in our teachings. At the moment, I feel so honoured, actually. I'm teaching some year six children, and it's in a smaller group, because very often I teach a whole class. But I've been gifted with some special children who, you know, things are going on at home, they're struggling a little bit, there's anxiety and be able to really bring in the philosophy of yoga in in the class to help them with their emotions, to help them self-regulate, to help them understand that it's okay to not be okay if someone dies. There's been quite a lot of that actually this year and it's been really hard for them to move through it. So to know that it's a safe place and they can come to my class and quite often just come in and be angry and cry.
0: It's funny, though, because some kids don't even recognise those emotions and it is in the awareness that it brings when they are asked to, when they're comfortably staying still, that those emotions would arise. I find often that this happens in teenager classes more than it happens with the primary school kids. But because they don't show it, it doesn't mean that they don't feel it. Uh, what Gopala said in one of the first podcasts that we did was that actually kids feel it a lot more than us. So for us to hold space for them and to bring the awareness that it is okay, we have a common ground with them. It doesn't have to be when I was young. It can be when I was stressed. And in that kind of level of, of understanding between us, we can really teach them to bloom. That's the word I'm looking for, to really bloom in their lives. And yes, remove expectations. It's okay to be disappointed, actually, at yeah. the end of it. And it is okay to be really happy about what you achieve. which means that you put everything in it. But it isn't the be-all, end-all type of uh, situation either. So yeah, when they come into these big life decisions, like choosing part of the curriculum what subjects to choose baccalaureate whatever they're doing hires what do you have gccs you have in england (laughs) when it comes to those things there is massive pressure on them and when it comes to kids moving from primary school to secondary school or from year to year uh, kids move on mix up whatever so for us to bring awareness that actually it's okay Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. as okay as it can be (laughs) Yeah. And, heart. Uh, yeah and give them the tools to deal with it and you're right we do those trainings because we want everybody to have those tools mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of move on that's why I've interrupted you what do you think is so good about those online teacher trainings have you managed for example to reach more people with your trainings now than you did in the in-person ones and what do you find so good about teacher trainings online?
1: Uh, My teacher trainings were in school and because of COVID I've brought them online. I think when you're designing a course online, it's really important that you cover a range of different pedagogy. So you include the teacher led learning. So you have your lessons, test them in a way so that it might be that they show you videos of themselves um, teaching, or you might have those assignments or some quizzes and things. So if you have that range, and also include in the online courses or trainings, student-led learning as well because student-led learning would be kind of allowing that critical thinking you could have groups group discussions workshops things like that and then also being really mindful of cognitive constructivism trying to show that learning is an entirely internal process Mm -hmm. Um, and actually that goes very much in the yoga being a journey of the self through the self, to the self, I can definitely relate to that. So people might tell me things and give me nuggets of wisdom, which is external learning. But until I go through that experience myself and internalize it, that's when it really becomes embedded. And then also include on your online courses and your trainings, the different learning styles. So you've got the visual learners, I'm very much a visual learner. I've got great perception skills. I like diagrams, I like it all, like mind maps. I like it to look pretty and then it stays in my mind. And you've got the kinesthetic learners. So if you have all those elements in your trainings and your courses, then it will help to really embed the learning. So yeah, my trainings, we've gone online this year and to try and encompass all of those different methods within the course has been a very long process, I will say. I think there was one of the questions you asked about the challenges, and that was the challenges for me is definitely the IT. So trying to um, get to grips with all the technology, how to create an online teaching platform. So I've had help with that, created a proper website where the courses are all on there and also marketing. (laughs) So I've been on marketing courses. What a steep learning curve. So, you know, coming from a teaching background, I'm not a businesswoman, but I'm becoming more so because to reach the people out there, like you're saying, you need to you know, be brave and and show your face. You need to be online. You need to speak your truth. You need to share your vision, as scary or as nervous as you possibly might be. You just have to do it and sell yourself in a way. In your marketing people confuse it with selling, and there is a massive
0: difference between one thing and the other. Expanding a little bit on those challenges, because I think a lot of people here in this group that are yoga teachers and they wanted to advertise their classes, for example, find this a very uh, challenging part of their job. I think that the only way to uh, really do this is to speak about, one, transformation. That is a very important aspect. And transformation is not the features of your class that you're going to be doing this style, like story-based or, I don't know, dance-based. It's about a, a feeling. It's about what you were saying, sitting in shavasana and feeling completely free and weightless in a way of your problems, even for a moment before you returned to those because they don't disappear. But you'd find... Clarity connecting with something that will help you deal with those issues. But anyway, this is a transformation. Transformation is a spiritual awakening, an emotion, something like that. So you need to speak about transformation. You need to speak about common ground. And common ground comes from your own practice and your own experiences as a teacher maybe or as a yoga practitioner because that is the reason why your yoga practice is so important you're talking about learning, so you have to internalize all this, and I think that's another aspect of online teacher trainings that it is so good, especially if it is broken up. Say you do two live days, and then you have a whole week to think about it, internalize it, yeah, fill out your workbooks, whatever you need to do to actually embed that thing inside of you, and then you know take it further after, the weekend after, the month after, whenever the next teacher training, the live teacher training is. But what I'm trying to say is that this is a process. And in that process, you have to take your clients to. And in that journey, like the same journey you've gone through, you can educate them. And it is through education that they will actually make up their mind whether they're going to come to the classes or book a block, which I recommend you sell, not uh, you know, single classes—they <laughs> don't do anyone any service. <laughs> Having a blog uh, or a little workshop or whatever it is that you're doing—that transformation—and then you're out in the world. And that's the difference between selling and marketing. Selling is selling. Yeah, here it is: buy it or not. Marketing is a journey. Marketing is a transformation, and you have to take them through that transformation before you can sell shall we say uh transformation education transformation etc so yeah that took me about a year i've been on a marketing course for a year now (laughs) but the most important part is that your client's journey and they need to relate to what you are saying before they can come on that journey with you and in order to relate you have to share your story and put yourself out there Which is super scary.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely, and and I mean, I I'm actually doing mentoring this year for other yoga teachers to help them get yoga in schools themselves, because I've got that experience. That's where I've been in the last seven years is working in schools, and a lot of it is mindset training, which is kind of like the psychology of yoga is listening to the mind it's going oh that's an interesting thought is it true no so let it pass you know it is it's just being really aware of your thoughts what's going on there and your emotions and your feelings and and positive affirmations go in with it very much so putting those into your morning practice also mirroring is a fantastic technique I've learned recently which is speaks to your inner child so you you get the mirror and you 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 speak to yourself but positively and you really see yourself it's it can be quite scary the first time you do it and you also Feel a little bit silly but it's super powerful actually and it helps that self-love element so yeah yeah Yeah, it's like when you go on when you look at your
0: partner is a good example or your friend and they look at you with those starry eyes shall we say those loving eyes if you can reflect that back to yourself of course it will have a positive impact in your own life I'm not talking about anything narcissistic, but what I am talking about is that in business, you are all by yourself. Nobody's going to come to your rescue. And until you realize that, you're not going anywhere. So you have to be loving to yourself, the positive affirmations, put yourself out there and really, really show your truth. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. And you shouldn't think that. Like when we started, I said, I gained a stone during the lockdown. Yeah can anybody see it at the back of the screen? Does it really matter? What are they here for? They're here for content. They're not here because my hair is a certain colour and I'm a certain weight. (laughs) Oh yeah, get over that one. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just an example. It could be something more serious than that, if you know what I mean. So Yeah. yeah, yeah, get over that issue of going in front of the screen and all those blocks. It's easy. I mean, we're talking about teacher training online and you mm-hmm. might have to film yourself. Like you said, part of the assessment could be filming yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is a challenge for them. You know, it can be challenging for people to fill themselves, to hand in the work, the technical aspect of scanning and sending documents, etc. Absolutely uh, all valid points. I face them with my uh, teacher trainings. And mm-hmm. it is important to uh, work
1: our way through it because I think this is a new way to be. This is a new oh, absolutely. I mean, I do think so George Siemens' theory actually, connectivism. So he his theory was actually that we that we are becoming online learners and it and we're we're entering a new digital age, and we need to, as yogis, we really need to keep with the times because you know I look at the education of my three children and it is a lot of it is online and it's it's moving to microsoft teams they're doing their homeschooling online there's presentations online they're handing things in online you know we do have to move with the times and i think courses that that's the benefits of courses in that you can reach more more people you can connect with people you never thought you could and it brings people from all different places the country and other countries together share that you're
0: bringing together and that's what people need to realize that they are your people from wherever they came they made a commitment and they are your people and there is no shame in sharing your truth with your people those people that are here in this group for example yoga in the classroom they are your people they're here for a reason you offer value you offer the training you offer love because that's what we're here for it is a safe environment to share uh, our knowledge and experiences So, yeah, I totally agree. It's all turning into an online and it has plenty of benefits and plenty of opportunities for us to grow. So tell me a little bit about the teacher trainings that you currently have listed in your business, in your online trainings.
1: So I have really really listened to the head teachers that I know and the teachers that I know I have quite a lot of friends friends who are teachers this is specifically primary school and they are so busy their workload is so so much that they a lot of them don't have time to do the training and they don't want to give up their weekends and their holidays so I thought how am I going to make this more accessible so that all children can have yoga in the curriculum I really am an advocate of that I know Charlotta Martinus has done a lot of work she's been having meetings with the House of Commons to get yoga in the schools and I I know she's been speaking to politicians as well who are supporting this to get it into the next into the next curriculum so that's my passion so how I was thinking how am I going to get it in there how am I going to get teachers interested and even just come on that first step of wanting to know more and of course a lot of trainings out there they say oh you need a year or two's experience in yoga and absolutely I do agree with that because then you'll understand it more however they they need to start somewhere so I have just done like an introduction yoga course which is a very very cheap one so that they can just get a little bit of a feel for it and that's what I was doing I was going into schools and doing these little workshops and it was quite funny actually I will say this (laughs) at the end of this half a day workshop they thought that they would all be qualified to teach yoga in the schools and do all these lessons and I'm like there's quite a lot more to learn than that. And I think they realized when they came out of this half a day workshop that they literally had a bit of a taster, but it did spark this want of, of this need of knowing more, you know, it sparked this kind of light of wanting to know more. So, From there, I thought, right, then you can do the 40-hour children's yoga qualification to teach yoga in your schools. And then that goes on to the yoga leader, which is when, because when I was a primary school teacher, you have subject leaders. So you would be in charge for PE or maybe maths or literacy within the whole of your school, and you would be in charge of the scheme of work. You'd be in charge of all the lesson plans, making sure that everybody knew what they were doing. So I thought, well, why can't we have a yoga leader within a school? And that yoga leader then will then go and start to train up the other teachers to deliver yoga to their class. Because the problem we've got in primary school is if you train up one teacher the head teacher can't always allow that teacher who's in a classroom already to go around and teach all the other classes because of the logistics of it. So I thought, okay, if you have a yoga leader who's in charge of the scheme of work, and then they can begin to train in in like their PPA times or their meetings, start to share some lesson plans, and it kind of infiltrates out into the school system to, to give a whole school approach and this and this obviously is you know an option for some schools however i don't think it's going to decrease the um demand for head teachers to bring in peripatetic external yoga teachers into their school because it's like a tiered system you've got at the very top the best option you can have is for a school to pay for an external, fully qualified children's yoga teacher to come into their school and teach as many classes as possible. Obviously, that is going to be the most expensive option for schools, and some some schools that's not accessible. So let's go down to the next tier and start to have a yoga leader within a school who trains up other teachers, and then go down to the next level. You know, so then you can see how it's. It, you can start at the bottom. And then start to infiltrate it. And and then it becomes more accessible. Mm -hmm. And and also the course that I've designed is self-paced. So they log in at any time. They do a lesson for 20 minutes, for five minutes, for an hour or however long they've got, whatever time they've got. And they can do the videos. I have put videos on there, presentations. There's other yoga teachers on there. So, so I've just tried to make it as accessible as possible for a primary school teacher. That's
0: because it, because that's the questions I'm getting when somebody says, "Yeah, I know it's four hours, but will I need to sit down for four hours and do it?" And I'm like, going, "No." That's yeah, it. So that's it. To I'm to a school that. teacher. Yeah. And they don't want to do the class planning it is as simple as that you either have to give them what i give them is a mix and match so choose one from one section choose another one from the other choose another you're done this is it this is your yoga break your yoga class whatever you want it to be take it and run with it and see how it goes and then stick to the things that they like and then you don't have to plan but yes class planning is important time management and and it is all fair enough being a teacher is actually a really stressful job I wouldn't know anything about it but I've seen lots of documentaries and it was one of the ones actually it was in I don't know whether it was a MasterChef thing I love watching MasterChef but anyway I don't know whether it was a mastership thing, but what they actually did was they put a teacher in a professional kitchen with a heart monitor and they had a banker, it could have been a documentary about stress working in a kitchen and a banker with a heart monitor and somebody else with a heart monitor. And the only person's heart rate that didn't go up in this stressful, super stressful environment in a professional kitchen was the teacher. (laughs) And that's incredible because we all know that professional kitchens are an incredibly stressful place to be because it's all go or nothing. Yeah, It's like this for the teachers. They have this incredible mind of being organized and organizing things in their head as they go, of uh, pressure from all the things that are demanded of them because each one of those things could be an actual person, a tiny person that needs them. And they can deal with all that quite efficiently I'm not sure whether it is comfortably or whether it is but it does wear them out and you cannot ask them to do that in your training course it is just as simple as that you have to remove all those out before somebody commits uh, to to learning and that's what you want you want to engage in the learning at the end of the day so I'm I'm loving what I'm hearing I'm just hey this is good I maybe there's something right too, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even a teacher, I've just done a teacher qualification. <laughs> but not a full That's you incredible, know. well done, well no, done. No, it's, all right. it's just a level three. That's a bit clear. About this. <laughs> but the level threes are about 200 hours of uh, yeah, learning. So that's, you know, you commit a fair bit of time when you do those things. Uh, but it is a postgraduate diploma. I've got a long, a long way to go with that. <laughs>
1: Well done, that's kind fantastic.
0: Of no, no, okay. But yeah, all I'm trying to say is that it makes perfect sense what you're saying and that's the beauty of the whole thing. And such many light bulbs moments as you speak about having a leader and the class planning, it's so important. You, they mm-hmm. don't have time. What are they going to do first? People say teachers have so many holidays. And I'm like thinking, yeah, but teachers work 15 hours a day. They just sleep and go to work.
1: Yeah, and- I mean... When I did my PGC skit, um, I remember one lady losing her hair. There was about, I think, there was probably about 12 of us. And there was a good four that didn't even last the year. And then there's loads that drop out in the QTS year. So it, it is very stressful. And then you hear stories of teachers who have been of service their whole life and then they retire and then they have a health problem and die <laughs> you know and i kind of thought yeah, this quite it's it, this needs to be looked at it, it, i know a lot of people view teachers as having these lovely holidays but they they really really need it you know they need it to reset to kind of ground themselves again to have that time because when you're in term time it's a whirlwind And when I go into a school, my job is to stop that whirlwind for a moment, (laughs) just literally, just everyone just stop for a moment. It doesn't have to be like this. And I find the teachers join in and they love it. And if well, I'm such an inspiring person, don't
0: you think that maybe we should be teaching teachers to well, oh I do. Them?
1: Yeah. Well I, when I teach my class, I'm like, there's there's the mat, there's the mat. I mean, they might not be able to physically join in with everything, but they they try. And I've had all sorts of you know, teachers of, of different physical abilities giving it a go and I think a lot of it is mindset so some when I say come on join in it'll be fun and and their faces drop they look absolutely petrified <laughs> um and then at the end of it a lot of them they they say that was actually really good fun I really enjoyed it exactly.
0: yeah. so say that you put something on a chair because for me it's all about the chair anyway then it becomes even more accessible for them and it doesn't have to be any less effective it is exactly like that uh, whether okay. they modify or not or whether they can do anything or not, everything or not, it's still an effective practice. There is magic in the movement. There is magic in uh, the asana. There is magic. Uh, pranayama, we all know breath is magic. It doesn't matter whether we say it or not. But there is magic in the mindset, the most important aspect of this. The ethos and the values that yoga teaches us is a very important uh, part of self-care. Yeah, yes. are of books out there. I need to, I, I, hold on. I have it here. I'm going to open it up. There is a book that I want to recommend for everybody maybe to get uh, mm-hmm. as yoga teachers. It's not my book. Of course not. I'm, I'm not that much of a genius. <laughs> and it is a library. There we go. And it's got Embodying the Yoga Sutras. And I forgot who wrote it. I just saw the cover. But Embodying the Yoga Sutras because if we see yoga as a way to care for ourselves mm. and we teach kids to see yoga as a way to care for themselves, then we wouldn't worry about what pose we can achieve. Yeah. Whether we can do it all or not, whether yeah. we're flexible enough as some people call it, it's not about flexibility. Yes, flexibility in the mind, not in the body, all those <laughs> sorts of but yes, I think it's there's so much that we can all uh, take away from this. So thank you so much for sharing. I uh, would like you to please share your links when we come off this lovely call. It's been amazing. And you are a really inspiring lady, Sam. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and thank you for actually my call, answering my call. I feel that actually... I could be doing a lot more podcasts with you in the sense that we bounce off so many ideas and you bring that
1: psychological science. I think it's wonderful that you're creating, you know, a bit of professionalism in this community because I think primary school teachers are starting to take us more seriously finally. You know, I look back seven years ago and I I literally, ha- I thought, oh, here we go again. It's another conversation where I have to convince somebody that yoga is good for children's well-being and I had to get all my evidence all the research you know and I had to put it there on the head teacher's table and go look you know it is incredible it does work and we don't have to do that as much anymore that's it they are trying to
0: fit the mold of statistics and results into yoga and it was the same when the University of Aberdeen here did a study about the effectiveness of exercise into concentration for the children and there were parameters that they were looking there because movement we all know movement is great and yes it does bring focus and yes you know that's why asana is so important but how do you
1: measure that Mm, it's not possible to measure that can i say actually that there does need to be more research done on children's yoga there's a lot of research on yoga and teen yoga now because of Charlotte Martinez, and there's a lady called Shirley Tellis in India and they do a lot of research there. I mean, there are so many variables, but when you come to do research on children as well, then if you're doing qualitative research and actually gathering children's answers to questions, now children only have a range of vocabulary. They can't always explain how they're feeling. So actually getting research from children is super difficult. (laughs) But if we can get this research, then I do think the education system is going to change and we will get yoga in in the whole of the curriculum because we're going to be in demand massively. Because
0: you see... Mindfulness is now in universities. There is, for example, a postgraduate degree here at the University of Aberdeen. It's part of the psychology department, a very nice psychology department here in Aberdeen uh, and a very nice sociology department here in Aberdeen as well. But what I'm trying to say is that the two can easily be brought together and with a little bit of health sciences and statistics and whatever else us health scientists do, you can bring it all together. You just need somebody that knows yoga well.
1: Wonderful talking to you, Maria. Thank you so
0: much. <laughs> um, it's just been so lovely to bounce off ideas. Thank you so much for coming, Sam. I, I, I'm not sure I will be editing very much out of this, so thank you so much for coming.